Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome to Up Level Together podcast, place to up level in every aspect of your life, from personal development to mindset and spirituality to business tips and relationships building. We bring you best interviews, tools, and inspiration where one episode can change your whole life. Here's your host, Jasna Borza. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome to yet another episode of the Up Level Together podcast. And I am so darn excited because I have one of my favorite people today here with me. Um, and it's someone that I really think that you should know as well because of her impact in the community and the wisdom and the advice that she has basically for all of us. So today I really want to introduce you to Erin. Erin <laughs> Elgin is an incredible serial entrepreneur, owner of Solo Salons here in the Twin Cities, and um, I would say a really incredible marketing and sales maven. But more than that, just a really spectacular human when it comes to personal relationships. And we're going to talk about that and delve into how the, the conversation around building an amazing business, but more importantly, doing it with integrity and building unbelievable personal relationships. Erin, welcome. Thank you, Yasna. I'm so happy to be here today. Very oh. honored. <laughs> so darn excited. So we're going to really dig a little bit deeper into your business, but also really want to talk about your personal leadership and the kind of person that you are, because what you have built, I don't think is by accident. And I think people should know that there's some um, some beautiful magic in it. Would you just really briefly tell us what Sola uh, represents and what Sola is here in Twin Cities for those people who don't know? Sola Salons is a uh, rental salon where we build out individualized studios so that beauty and wellness professionals, barbers, tattoo artists uh, can rent a studio from us and then operate an individual business and be an entrepreneurship. So it's lots of fun if you walk into a Sola, there's high energy, there's all these different services all happening under one roof. It's really a one-stop shop from the customer perspective and the amazing thing is every time uh, you're patronizing someone at Sola Salons, you're, um, you are uh, um, <laughs> well supporting those who yeah, are running the business. A, you're supporting mm -hmm. uh, an individual business and an entrepreneur and helping their dreams come true. And I've seen that in so many when I stop by at Sola and also in so many conversations with entrepreneurs and I kept hearing they felt supported, and then they also felt um, that they had this freedom to be their own boss and, boss and make their own living, which is just such a beautiful, beautiful concept that you've created, and you create such an unbelievable environment for people to do that. But it wasn't always like that. Like, we <laughs> look at you right now, and you are such an accomplished entrepreneur. You have accomplished so much. You have grown Sola from just a few locations to basically conquering the entire market. You're the largest Sola franchise owners in the country, correct? Uh, there's some that are larger than us, but we are the uh, we have the largest salon community in the entire Midwest with over 
600 beauty professionals right now and still growing every day. That's really amazing. But um, one of the things that I really think is important, we, we hear in the world today is like, oh, look at all the things that Erin has accomplished. But you and I both know that it didn't start that way. So tell us the story of how you got started with solar, like the very beginnings. And I think people are going to be surprised. Uh, so you know this, but uh, just so the audience can learn, um, I had a successful career as a CPA uh, prior to joining my husband with Sola Salons, and I specialized in taxes. <laughs> How <laughs> Couldn't fun. be more different than the beauty industry, right? Uh, so I became pregnant with our daughter, Charlotte, and the 100-hour busy season work weeks just weren't I didn't think they would be a good fit with a new baby. Mm -hmm. um, so my husband had opened our first two locations in Roseville and Woodbury, and I suddenly had this idea that I should join him in the business. Uh, and what you need to know is that was very out of character for me. <laughs> At that time, I was completely afraid of change. I was not a person that would be looking for change, especially a, a big, big life change like that. So. Uh, there was something drawing me into Sola and mm. didn't know why. Uh, so from there, I started literally at the bottom. So, so <laughs> say what you mean by that. I'm so curious. <laughs> uh, the first job my husband gave me was the janitor of our Roseville and Woodbury locations. Uh, yes. <laughs> so that's really interesting because... You know, when we when we talk about like, well, you know, as, as a couple, you own a business, you would think that you would get like a marketing position or like any of the kind of position. What was the reasoning behind having that position and actually taking that position for you? Uh, well, both of us believe that an owner of a company should work all the positions from the bottom up. Uh, and that's he was doing everything himself at that time. And that's what he needed help with <laughs> was uh, getting the salons cleaned. So uh, all the people in my life just were stunned. Like, is Erin losing it? Do we need to put her in the mental institution here? Because I uh, gave up a stable uh, six-figure corporate job, very safe. Uh, and I left that to clean my husband's new salons. Nobody knew what Sola Salons was. <laughs> so uh, yes, my family was thinking I was bonkers. Uh, but what they didn't realize is I was doing more than cleaning. Mm -hmm. uh, so what I actually was doing day to day, five days a week, uh, in those two salons is I was creating relationships. Mm -hmm. And and this is why that one is drive this point home is that if you look at some of the the people who built the most beautiful companies is that they understood all of the roles within that company they understood the people who are you know delivering packages they understood people who were cleaning they understood the marketing department and you did that so beautifully but also this is where this you've mentioned this before the emphasis on building the relationship getting to know the culture and the people that you. Um, are surrounding yourself with. And this is, I think, one of the magic sauces of your success. We'll talk a little bit more <laughs> about that. I think it's really, um, really important in the Instagram era, in the I want to get rich overnight. 
oh, look at I want to have what Aaron has. People aren't willing to start from the bottom. I have a lot of clients who that I work with, and I say, well, you know, I want to just go and do this for maybe for free or start with small projects, and their ego will literally not let them. So what advice would you have for people who are refusing to do anything it takes to, to invest in their business? Yeah, so... Um I don't think they should worry about whether they're coming out big or they're starting small and they should just start. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a baby step or, you know, what's considered a lowly janitor position, it's still a step forward in the business the same way a giant leap or opening a big new salon is in my mind. It's so true, and there's so much stress if you open like a really big operation and a really big business versus just like starting and being being comfortably enmeshing yourself into into the business. So uh, I love that. So one of the things that I've noticed in talking in talking to you and talking to people who know you, and it's beautiful to walk their soul of like, oh, Erin, oh my God, <laughs> I've known her for such a long time. I remember when did building a business. In terms of scaling to such a height, was it intuitive for you or did it present itself with challenges and struggles? Uh, it definitely was not easy. There have been a lot of sleepless nights over the past decade, that's for sure. I'd be, I'd be lying if I said it was easy. Um, and I really think there's going to be challenges, surprises, hardships that come up in any business. And it kind of sounds cheesy, but I think how you show up for those challenges is what makes or breaks the success as an entrepreneur. Oh, I love that. Tell me more about how you show up for challenges. Does that mean that if something comes that you don't walk away or melt down? Like, give me an example of, of where you showed up for a challenge. Yeah, so, you know, we've continued to grow, and at the same time, we've stuck to our core roots and values, and we've never sacrificed those values even during the tougher times. So my goal is to create the strongest salon community in the Twin Cities, and to provide a workplace where beauty and wellness and barbing, barber professionals can connect back to themselves. So that means I'm gonna put them first, mm -hmm. no matter what, okay? Uh, so an example of that, uh, I don't really wanna focus on the pandemic today, but an example of that would be during the COVID-19 shutdown, which was our the biggest challenge my company ever, ever faced. We were uh, shut down for 11 weeks not allowed to be open that was and so hard I remember yeah and it was thinking, very mm -hmm. very hard on the industry as a whole too because mm -hmm. people lost their livelihoods they literally didn't have their income to put you know go to the grocery store mm -hmm. uh, so it was a pretty scary time but we showed up big time for that and I'm really proud I'm really proud and you showed up by supporting your people and not walking away or closing the doors, but you went above and beyond, even though they were going through a really difficult time. Do you notice a side note on this, but do you notice that people are coming back to life after the, the pandemic? Because so many people really uh, close their doors, close their businesses. Yeah, you know, um, the beauty industry took a pretty big, hit. I, th I don't know the exact percentage, but it was something like 40% left the industry just because that prolonged shutdown mm -hmm. had to find something else to do. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you were the same as me, but 
those that stayed in the industry had a line of people waiting <laughs> the day they were allowed to reopen. And I think, I think being at home and with those stay-at-home orders put into perspective for people how important self-care is. I was, I was just thinking, you and I talk about this all the time. I feel like beauty professionals are the OG therapists and life coaches. Yep. It's like you tell your hairdresser everything. And I think also just from not being able to go and receive the treatments, like actually felt isolating and painful, not just for providers, but also for all of us who are feeling mm -hmm. really sad from not having that connection that felt so much more than just self-care. Like it was actually a personal connection where sharing and getting feedback and um i mean i bet you see that every single day with solo pros yeah yeah that's a, a beautiful thing is those connections that happen in the studio and working in the studio um atmosphere they have a door they can shut uh so then if you want to <laughs> if you want to talk about all your dirty darkest secrets there's a door there nobody else is listening so uh when you call it a therapy session i definitely think that's uh true <laughs> yeah i love that i was talking to um someone you and i both know recently and she was saying you know the beauty schools should start um, talking about some psychology or preparing beauty professionals for a little bit of a mental health because so much of the conversation is supporting others because people come from their jobs from their homes and they just dump <laughs> and then it can be I think sometimes it can feel like a lot carrying that but you've done a beautiful job I think supporting them and one of the things that as I've walked in many many solo salons people adore you and it's not just like this fake adoration, like she's our boss kind of thing, but <laughs> that they actually love you. They love what you represent. There's a, um, oh, Erin, the big smile on their face, like she's always there for us. And it seems so genuine. How did you develop those relationships? Because I think you treat your tenants like family. And that is so rare in so many of the large businesses that, that uh, the people operate. Yeah, so... I have a few reasons I thought of for that one. Uh, so number one is I'm real and authentic. So there's nothing fake about me. Uh, I'm showing up being my real self, whether I'm here today on your podcast, whether I'm picking up a phone call and talking to someone who's inquiring about Sola, or I'm walking through my salons, shooting the shit and, oh, oops, can I say shit? Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, hanging out in a studio and catching up with someone. So I, I'm showing up as my true self. Mm -hmm. um, and then second, I'm approachable. So, you know, sometimes people think of a um, successful entrepreneur or a business owner like, oh, I can't talk to her or, you know, uh, I'm very approachable. So I believe I can find something in common with any person on this planet, really. So we're more alike than we're different, and sometimes I think people forget that. So I truly love getting to know my beauty professionals. I love their creativity. I love their passion for their work and life. I love their personalities, uh, and it's a much more fun industry than taxes <laughs> was. Um, another thing that I actually just realized recently in the past few weeks is I have an exquisite memory and I never thought of that as something that was powerful mm -hmm. and now I've realized that it's it's a gift that I have uh and and I think that adds to why 
why I'm respected and, and loved. So, you know, I know who they are. I remember their name if we've met once, even if we haven't met, if they've ever engaged with my Instagram page, I know who they are. And then when I see them in person, I can say, oh, hey, hey, Yasna, mm. loved your post the other day. Mm. That was so cute, that picture of your kids. Uh, so that gives a, a really personal connection that way. So, you know, if I have a conversation with someone a few years ago, even mm -hmm. I'll remember it and then I can pick it back up. If I see them years later, let's say their kid is in competitive swimming, then I can say, oh, mm -hmm. so is your son still competitively swimming? Is he swimming for college now? So I can pick up and retain, um, retain those details about their life. And, and I think that just makes me me stand out because they know I'm I'm interested in them and I truly care. Oh, that makes me so happy. That means that you have cleared and cleaned your antenna. <laughs> means that you're 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 live, living a very very healthy healthy lifestyle. I think it's um I think it's one of those skills that when you see people not as numbers but as individuals. Exactly. Yep. It changes the game and they feel seen and recognized. And I think that that's where they want to go, you know, give back. And so many people stay with you. I've met someone who's like, I've been here for over 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, they can feel that uh, connection from me and they know I'm there to support them. And, um, you know, I one thing I do that's unique is I help with, the business set up when they're transitioning to Seoul. And it's one of my absolute favorite things to do because then we get to have a long phone conversation. I can learn more about them, get to know them, and we'll hammer out uh, setting up their LLC, getting their tax IDs, all those kind of businessy things. Um, and it just alleviates fears from, you know, becoming an entrepreneur. So I can deliver that, uh, that to them. It's a nice... Uh, nice way to start out their time at Seoul, I think. Oh, and what a gift that you get to give them. I'm curious because of, you know, you every time I'm in your presence, I feel <laughs> seen and loved. And you really do have this um, attention to detail and you really care. Uh, this is another personal question, but where do you think that really comes from? Because you empathize with people more than than anyone that I've ever met. Um. Gosh, I don't know where it comes from. It's just kind of always been the way that I, where that I am. I've always cared deeply about others. Um, I, um, I've always cried watching movies or hearing songs. Uh, so uh, uh, it's just kind of part of part of my being for as long as I remember. And you know, with that saying, you know, the attention to detail, you can probably guess what, how I did on tests growing up, right, <laughs> in school and what kind of student I was. So it's just, uh, I've just always retained, if I see something, I remember it. So it's, uh, uh, if I hear something, I remember it. So it's, wow. a, like I said, it, I never thought of it as a gift before. I actually thought everybody was that way no. for a really long time. No. So then I realized, I'm like, oh, this is a gift that I need to... Uh, you know, use more. <laughs> I really, I am, I, if, when I learn your name, I'll know it for the rest of the time, but you, you may have to repeat it five times before I, you know, if I just meeting someone randomly, because um, I meet so many people, I just don't, I've trained myself not to remember. I know it's horrible, but it's, it's it, I think, I think it is a gift. You know, if you were to go back 
and you look at the not just the business success but the company culture and i think we don't talk about enough about culture in our society if you were to start from scratch what are the things that you would do all over again and what are the things that you would not do yeah so right off the bat the first thing is i would set better boundaries from day one for work-life balance and stick to them so okay wh um, what do you mean by that well uh you know my life focus was growing our soul salons operations and taking care of all my beauty pros and i missed out on a lot of time with my kids when they were little mm. it's my biggest regret actually so i mean i was pregnant with patrick jr and i delivered him and i was working four days later okay but well we had a salon opening right so i had to work that right. was my you know my thought well i gotta do it because this is what i i do so uh i missed missed out on time with them and work too much and now looking back i think i could have found other ways to get the same result without sacrificing my family so that would be the biggest one okay <laughs> but that's a great example because i think for women we it's a double-edged sword because we really do want to work and we love our work but becoming parents um, and having a kid changes us so much. And then it's like you still want to be involved and you feel like you have to put in the work. And yet it's very difficult because we there's this pull towards um, our family and, and being there for them as well. It really, I've, I've noticed that I've had that struggle at the, at the same time. Yeah, okay. it's probably a common, unfortunately, a common theme for all. So someone Mother. listening <laughs> right now, if you had to choose, make sure you clear have very clear boundaries from the get-go. Yes, and then stick to them. So an example of that could be that you just make a schedule. These are your hours you work. You don't take that phone call at 9 p.m., you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because guess what? It can wait till the next morning, right? And mm -hmm. it's still you're still providing service to your customer if you call them back at 9 a.m. instead of 9 p.m., right? Uh, so I kind of, I, I didn't have any boundaries at all. Um, Another thing I would say is to slow down and celebrate the wins, no matter how small they are. So that's uh, another thing I, I didn't do. We just do the don't best do job. that in general. <laughs> Why do we not do that, um, do you think? I think we just get caught up in all our to-do lists and this and that, and then you work so hard to accomplish whatever your project is, and then it's, it's kind of like, oh, okay, it's done, but here's 10 more projects that just came about. So, you know, you finish the one and then it's like, and you don't really stop to, to celebrate. But, you know, a, a win could be something as small as a very touching five-star review on Google from mm -hmm. a, a facial client, you know, mm -hmm. if you're a, an esthetician running a skincare business, um, or it could be something as big as for me, opening a new salon location. So if it's something that's a win for you, I think you should celebrate it in whatever whatever way brings you the most joy. Um, I uh, It's kind of sad, but we were growing rapidly. So our last couple salon openings, we didn't even like go out to eat. Isn't that- Or pop a <laughs> bottle of champagne or anything. And it's like, when I look back at how sad it is because like these are projects that I'd work on for more than a year to get this thing open I should be celebrating right but 
uh, you know, the kids have school or this happened or this happened. So we have our 14th salon opening in two weeks from today. And you can bet we're going to celebrate big this time. Yes. <laughs> All right. I love that. I love that. What What else would you not do or would you change or would you do all over? Yeah. Again? So, you know, as you're growing, I would recommend hiring for where you think the business is going instead of the, you know, trying to keep the payroll as low as possible for your immediate business needs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you can be a step ahead, you won't be in the position I was of sacrificing your family uh, by working too much. Uh, so, you know, I wish going back, we should have been looking at our expansion plan and kind of always having an extra person on staff because, you know, people, employees turn over, things like that. So mm -hmm. just hiring thinking ahead with that, and then take your time when you're making hires. So this, I would say, has, besides not having boundaries, this would be my second biggest uh, uh, do-over <laughs> So in the would you fire faster or would you hire slower? Both. Both. <laughs> Both. Uh, so, you know, one thing I would do is I would try to force people to fit into the role and then or then even change the role to try to make it work for them. And, you know, if they're not the right fit, they're not the right right fit. So mm -hmm. you need to need to move on. And mm -hmm. uh, when you're uh, hiring, slow down, take your time, trust your gut. How do you feel around the person? Mm -hmm. um, if you have 100 applicants and you just went through a two and a half or three month process and nobody's standing out you're not really super excited about any of them don't don't make don't, the hire don't hire just to make the hire you start over again post a new listing maybe change it up a little bit and go again because it's it's more important to have the right person in the role than to fill a person in right now if if that makes sense i uh i, I think that's an important note to double down on because i, 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 I it, there's a, I think you and I both have heard the expression, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Yeah. And so many times we override our intuition. We're like, nah, you know, whether it's even in relationships, well, I guess they're okay. Mm -hmm. Versus like, no, it's a yes, I want it. And I think that there's always that perfect candidate out there that we're, they're going to uh, be in alignment with. It's almost as if our soul is telling us who the right person for the for the business is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I've definitely experienced that. So, you know, I put the wrong people into positions because I just wanted parts of my job taken off my plate, right? And then I ended up paying for it later because I had to rehire later, created lots of extra work for myself. Another little tidbit is don't hire friends. Uh, <laughs> Never, ever, even if they ask you for a job, keep the business separate. So Never, ever, ever. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> you heard it here first. But that's so hard because when you're going, it's like you, you have a business that's flourishing and you really want to help out your community. You want to help out your family and friends. But it gets really, I feel like there's a sense of entitlement very often. There's a, there's a sense of, I know better than you. There's a sense of the, the conflict can arise so naturally. I've mm -hmm. never found a way for it to work very well. Right. So <laughs> that's just a, a rule. Never hire a friend. <laughs> no matter how hard they sell themselves to you, just 
just don't do it. So because you may end up losing a friend, mm-hmm. which is more costly than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Sure. All right. Anything that you would for sure do all over again? I would still be the janitor <laughs> and start at the bottom. Yep. Uh, it was uh, it, it was time well spent for me. So. You know, it would take me two to three hours to vacuum just the little hallway walking around the salon because I'd stop at every single studio door and chat with the uh, with our solo pros and their clients. So uh, deep relationships, and you know, I think I think it was worth something for them to see the owner cleaning a toilet. Mm, it's almost I mean, they'd like they'd come have- in the bathroom and they'd see me cleaning their toilet for them. They have way more respect for you mm-hmm. that way because you're in, you're not just the the boss, right? There's like there isn't much ego about it, but you are creating a beautiful environment for them. You care more than uh, just telling them what to do and how to do it. Yeah, and then another thing that I think uh, I did really well was creating a sense of community within the salon. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we had some fantastic parties, uh, '80s prom. Uh, we had a 90s themed one uh, with a live band. We've had gone on boat cruises. We've gone to Top Golf. We've had wine tasting with a sommelier, all kinds of uh, fun events. We had a rock star themed party with live band karaoke and everybody dressed up. And um, so uh, those events, when we can get all the salons together, really, uh, really are a lot of a lot of fun. And I think solidify Sola as you know more than just renting a space it's so true it's a company that supports and uplifts others and i was um uh, very fortunate to witness that at your boot camp recently where you spend so much time and money preparing a one-day retreat um bringing in speakers preparing meals and uh, unbelievable training for them that you did not have to do but you really want to see them succeed Mm -hmm. and i think that that a resounding feedback from all of them was like, oh my God, I feel so supported. And I've heard that that day like a hundred times. I think you heard it too, but I think that that's really, really meaningful. It makes, I think it makes a difference. You know, you and I talk so much about personal leadership in the world as women, as Mm -hmm. mothers, as, as people who really see the world differently, operate in the world differently. What do you think is the success or a recipe for success for women in business today? Um, I think as women, we all have to come together and uh, support one another more, and then we all rise up. Uh, So I know the question was, what makes more success and I'm kind of turning it the other other direction. But I think what's not good is the amount of competitiveness and cattiness mm. uh, that happens between women. Um, I would much rather let's support one another and uh, not view each other as the enemy or competition. Um, let's stop gossiping and judging how other people look and mm-hmm. other women, what they look, what they say. Uh, so I, I think we just, I think that's a recipe for success for all of us if we can respect each other and support one another as women. Um, and 
and come from a place of abundance rather than scarcity. Being. Well, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. We're kind of trained to think there's scarcity, but there's there's abundance for all of us here on, on the planet. Um, I also, and we're stronger together. Mm -hmm. um, I also think as women, you should embody who you are and don't be afraid to show up as yourself in business. So you don't have to act like a man to be successful, right? I mean, I... I uh, operate from my heart with the business, and I'm successful where my husband is the exact opposite, and he's <laughs> very operating from his brain. Uh, but, you know, we don't have to try to be like the men and be aggressive and cutthroat. I think we can just show up, be who we are, and, and help one another. I, from someone that has known you in personal and professional, setting, I have to say that you have on many occasions gone to bat for me. <laughs> and that has been so refreshing. Not that I don't have many people doing that. Well, there isn't very many people doing that all the time. <laughs> you do it all the time and you do it so genuinely. And I think that I, I talk about this concept of whatever we put out there is a boomerang. Love is a boomerang. Judgment is a boomerang. And the way you give to others has been just such a blessing and you do it on, on such a big scale that um, I want to publicly thank you because it's not just to me that you're giving, you're putting that energy into the world. Oh, thank you, Yasna. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. It's, um, it's who you are. The, you know, I guess another thing too is don't be afraid to take risks. I think sometimes women just think they can't be an entrepreneur, business owner. And we Why can. do you think that is? I don't I'm know. I mean, I never, if you asked me when I was 16, I'm, no, I never would have guessed. Uh, so, I don't know. I think we're just kind of programmed to... Uh, follow? Follow, yeah, and oh. take orders from a man who's the business owner, right? Not, not, not be the leader and the business owner. So, well, um, thank you for changing the narrative. No, oh, thanks. That's yeah. one, one, another gift of yours, which I really, really love. You know, one other thing that you are really stellar at is marketing and sales. I have seen you sell <laughs> through just Instagram stories with such conviction and you would sell offices just like that. I think you have the, like some of the highest closure rates and, uh, and I've seen the form of marketing that you do that is so again, authentic, approachable, warm, but it, it's so effective. So is that something that you learn along the way or was that instinctual as well? I'm curious, like what's your magic sauce? Uh, so, I, you know this, but so the audience knows I had never done sales or marketing at all. I was a <laughs> CPA by trade, did taxes and numbers. So I had to learn how to sell and how to create that strong uh, local brand awareness uh, with zero marketing experience. So I never took any classes or followed any gurus. I just literally tried things out and then I kept trying. When things didn't work, I just kept trying, putting myself out there. And, uh, you know, I showed up every day, uh, you know, the Instagram is our main, main marketing channel. So I showed up every day on there and I stayed true to myself. And I think part of it was my goal was to connect with my target audience of local beauty professionals uh, 
and then I began to see results after a year. So it took a full year of going on there like, what am I doing? Mm. Nobody's engaging. Nobody's responding. I haven't even had anyone ask to where we have a studio available, but I, I just kept at it for that year. Uh, so, you know, the special sauce is connecting with your audience on a personal level. And we already talked about being real and authentic. So mm -hmm. that's part of it. Uh, but truly caring about helping them. So, you know, when I go on, uh, I spend a lot of time with my face in our Instagram stories. Uh, when I go on there, I'm putting the time into creating that intention around my marketing. So uh, I'm showing up being true to myself and then the results come. So my intention for a post I make or a stories is to help local beauty pros, even if they're not at Sola. So I want my page to be a resource to up-level the whole Twin Cities beauty industry, whether they're at Sola or not. Uh, so I think that intention is felt by the audience seeing it. Uh, now, we all have those days where we're tired or just don't feel like it. And I found when I'm trying to just get a post on there, put the stories on because I have to have X per day, it falls flat oh. and the results are worse. So intention. So the and intention, the... yes. Ah. <laughs> I think it makes it the energy that we put into something. You said something, there are two things that I really, if you don't mind following up, they're very important. In, in your growth with Sola, I suppose you've seen this transition to social media. Has it been really a, a good kind of transition for you in terms of marketing or a huge adjustment? Has it been easier? Did it make marketing easier for you? Uh, it's much more of a time commitment for sure. So I would say it makes it harder. Uh, well, I don't know. I like it too. So I guess I wouldn't say <laughs> harder. So, uh, you know, it's just, you just gotta, you gotta follow the tides, right? You gotta go this where they're going. And that's where the beauty professionals are is uh, on Instagram and Facebook. So we're going to keep a, a, a presence presence on there but I still do old school marketing too so uh you know we what do you mean by old school marketing <laughs> <laughs> so, some of these young kids don't know uh postcard mailers okay uh I do uh, of course referrals are huge in my industry for the service mm. providers their number one way to grow a business is a referral uh, from a current client uh, but then that's true for us too so uh, referrals from current solo professionals. Uh, uh, we have different tactics to help encourage encourage more of those. Um, yeah, I'd say, you know, really the most old school thing is just take care of your people. Take care of your men. <laughs> have clean salons, you know. The salons look nice. You take care of them. They feel cared for. And then it naturally, uh, good things are to come. come. So, uh, yeah. It goes back <laughs> to so much, I feel like, you know, getting fit, having a harmonious family, running a business. There are certain things that never go out of style, no matter how technology has changed. One more thing that I wanted to come back to, it reminds me a little bit of Gary Vaynerchuk, which is um, this notion of I was on there for a year and there was like, there was no movement. I didn't see any progress. 
we live in a culture in a time where we want you know instant results and Gary Vaynerchuk talked about his YouTube show and that he was doing his wine YouTube show for close to 18 months without any views whatsoever <laughs> it's like who My would, goodness <laughs> he did a full-blown show every single day for 18 months on YouTube until it just took off. So it's like who, which one of us would have the stubbornness and the, you know, the, the perseverance to go there and film a new hour long episode every single day for 18 right. months. Well, I mean, I do think slow and steady wins the race, right? So, um, you know, we started out not a lot of brand awareness for even what a salon suite was. So, you know, we'd open our salons with very few studios filled and then it would our first several took two and a half years to fill. I mean, people wouldn't believe that. St. Paul is uh, one of our highest demand salons by far, and it took two and a half years to fill that, uh, which is crazy to think of now with the amount of beauty professionals that want a spot there, right? So uh, I think slow and steady wins the race, so keep at it. Um, I looked at that as learning too like I was figuring out who my target audience was mm -hmm. what's resonating with them what do they want to hear um, I ended up saving it's not on there anymore but uh, all the videos I made back then where I would teach different topics to the industry and stuff I ended up saving them as story highlights so it's not it wasn't that it was a waste of time because it was utilized in the future when I got a bigger audience, all of that was saved there. Repurposed. Exactly. I love that. Uh, so it, it, it was worth the time. And I think part of me just kind of knew it was eventually going to work. Gonna work. <laughs> well, I feel like it has to. There's a there's a beautiful sign in my office. I think you've seen it on, on, my, on our Zooms. It says, it's happening. Don't stop. And I think that the very often the transformation or that big high is right around the corner, but we quit too soon. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's there's always a way to figure something out if you stay, pardon me, if you stay with it long long um, long enough in in the game, so to speak. And you did this brand awareness for Sola. You've created this beautiful brand where people know that it represents so much more than just sweets. Like it's it's family, yeah. it's community. Mm -hmm. And you care for people, which I I absolutely love that. Those are really great, great points. There's a lot of women in our midst, a lot of men, but people going for for their dreams and wanting to find that sense of purpose and they just feel like they can figure it out, right? What advice would you have for for those of us who are really wanting to chase that dream, but it seems so far-fetched or so, you know, um, distant or impossible for us? Yeah, so first, I would say, yes, it's going to feel scary. <laughs> Anything that's an unknown or a risk is scary, uh, but we cannot grow our business or grow as a person if we don't get outside of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're never going to fly if you don't jump out of the plane, right? <laughs> so uh, it's uh, it kind of goes back to, you know, the small steps. Um, another thing is it's okay to make mistakes. Everyone does. I think sometimes people give up because they make a mistake and then they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I just ruined my business. Uh, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. You can, don't worry about it when you do. 
learn from the mistakes and then use them to be a better business owner in the future. That giving um, permission of making a mistake is so huge because you're so right. So many of us get so caught up in like, oh, I screwed up. I have to go hide under the covers. Well, and you can apologize. Mm. I think that's huge too. So if you make a mistake that's affecting another person, just mm-hmm. own up to your mistake and apologize and and move forward. Um, I love your, from your book, you have the chapter about recontextualizing. So I'll use one, recontextualize. You can recontextualize that mistake to a learning and growth opportunity. Yeah, there was, uh, you know, I've been uh, talking recently how much I have been missing uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer and his energy and his teachings. Ever since he passed away, I felt like he has such a presence. And he used to say something. And any opportunity, you have an opportunity to be right or to be kind. Truest kindness always. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to tell myself that often when I'm talking to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the personal relationships that we all that we all inter- interact with. But it really is like such a great advice of like, you know what? I don't have to be right. I can just be kind. And if I choose kindness, it's, and, and I let that go, I let go of the tension that exists with another person. And um, it just, it, I, I really love that. Okay. Yeah. Um, another... Another, I guess, well, let's not call it a mistake because we're (laughs) recontextualizing it, but something that I think kind of trips people up is they get so focused on what the competition is doing and then all their energy is watching the, what this person is doing and they're doing it this way and oh my God, they, they're beating me at this. Uh, I would say don't focus on your competition. Instead, focus on what you're offering, uh, and focus on your business and how you can give better service to your clients and then everything's gonna fall into place. That is um, such a golden advice because I feel like very often we try to um, copy a successful model, but it's not our model, it never quite fits. It's kind of like putting on someone's jacket is two sizes too small. Yeah. It just feels awkward or too big, right? It's like you have to find your authentic expression. And I think for you, too, if you look at all the other providers or businesses similar to yours that didn't lead with love, so you, you introduced that level. Yeah, so we don't even consider ourselves to have any competitors in the Twin Cities, which is might sound like a bold statement, uh, but no one else offers the whole package that we do, uh, and no one else has the amazing community that Solo Salons has, and I'm very confident saying that. So, you know, I'm going to stick to my values with how I run my business, I'm gonna, my focus on I'm trying to improve the local salon industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. I want to raise the bar uh, in order to better the whole industry. And then all Twin Cities beauty professionals, wellness professionals, barbers, tattoo artists, they all have a better salon environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then they can all thrive. And if they're thriving, then I'm going to thrive too. Yeah, that's a really good reminder that if other people are thriving, I'm going to thrive as well, which is beautiful. What are you most proud of? And this is with Sola and outside of Sola, right? Just tell us, like, as you're just this, I look at you, I'm like, oh, my gosh, all the things you've done. (laughs) Uh, Well, first, I'm most proud of all my Sola pros because they uh, took that leap and believed in themselves enough to become an entrepreneur that's that's a big deal. You know, this society kind of puts us in boxes that you got to work a nine to five and you can't do this and you can't do that. So very proud of them for taking that leap. Uh, I'm grateful they chose Sola. I'm honored to serve them. 
Uh, I find joy every day uh, watching them succeed. Uh, and it, it's, it's life changes, it's dreams being made. So, you know, first time homeowners, mm. uh, first time being able to take a family vacation whenever they want, because nobody's telling them when, they don't have to have permission to take vacation anymore, right? That's huge. Uh, and more income for the family to thrive. There's so many positive moments. So I'm grateful to be behind the scenes cheering them on for all these positive life changes and then supporting them. Um, second, I have one more. <laughs> I'm most proud of that I'm here today doing this with you, Yasna. So uh, I mentioned teenage Erin earlier. Uh, she never would have encouraged or encouraged. She never would have envisioned me sitting here today recording a podcast. She never would have envisioned. I mean, I don't think the young me would have envisioned myself like wearing a pretty dress <laughs> on camera even. Uh, I certainly never would have believed I could be an entrepreneur or a leader. I was afraid of everything. Uh, and I fear kind of took a hold of my life. I had trouble making friends, uh, which people are, my friends I have now that I've met in my adult life are like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, it was like, I was so shy. I, I didn't, have very many friends. I was scared of people. I never got asked to a dance in school. Like, mm. uh, again, I think back then I wasn't as approachable. Mm. But you're being, <laughs> right? you're being uh, real with yeah. how you're the environment that you grew up in and how you felt. That's so interesting. That's why you're, you're so, much more, so much more inspiring because of that. Yeah, so I've come a long way from little shy and scared, Aaron. Uh, so, you know, over really probably over the last the first thing that I did that to start breaking out of my shell so to speak was I started waitressing at Byerly's restaurant in Roseville and, and I that was, helped you I was like out. 16 or 17 or something and I was now remember I was afraid of communicating with people and I didn't know how to small talk uh but I wanted the tips. <laughs> so being a waitress, even though I was scared of it, I mean, my heart was racing my first shifts. It forced me to learn how to small talk with someone, how to smile, how to interact with people. So that was really, that moment of me waitressing is a, a changed the trajectory of my life in a, in a big way. So, you know, since then I've been slowly peeling back layers and I just keep challenging myself and I'm putting myself in uncomfortable situations like recording a podcast, <laughs> uh, you know, the things that I'm afraid of in order to become, become what I am. So I, I wish I could go back in time and tell the teenage me, you know, show her a picture, what I'm doing and see what her reaction would be because she would be shocked. <laughs> and very proud. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's really beautiful. What I heard you say is like you really put yourself out into the the discomfort arena and trust yourself that you're not you can do this and little by little that growth comes. Yeah, and it started with the taking that waitressing job. Now, I did have to bust the tables first, remember? <laughs> I always believe it starting from the bottom, so I had to I was the busting the tables and doing the hostess for about 6 months before they uh promoted me to the server so oh I, I many good years many many <laughs> many good years. years i love that i've never waitressed oh 
In my, I feel like all of my girlfriends at some point have done some kind of a bartending, waitressing, and I think it's an American thing. It's like one of those first jobs you get. Um, we don't eat out much in Bosnia. We're so poor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your mom cooks, and that's about it. That's an interesting thing. I think my husband would be good at it. I think I would suck. Yeah, you definitely need to be able to multitask and have a good memory. <laughs> yeah. Right? So if you have all these tables. Maybe there was a reason and... <laughs> I didn't do that. Um, I, I'm, I'm having, you know, it's interesting. I know you and I've already had multiple aha moments even um, here talking to you. I'm curious right now, The I, I feel like Sola has such a reputation for um, a heart-centered, flourishing company that supports others, and you have been just such a cornerstone of that of that business. What's next for your vision, whether it's professional or, or personal? Uh, so I don't know, Yasna. <laughs> and surprisingly, I feel okay not knowing right now. So I'm in a vibe right now where I'm trying to let things flow see where life takes me. Uh, I'm excited. I know that there's unknown opportunities that are going to present themselves to me in the future. Um, and, you know, again, when we talk about personal development, I, the old me was someone that always had to control everything and know what's going to happen when. So this is actually quite big for me that, to say I don't know and to be content with it. Perfectly okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing's for sure, though. I'm never going to. I'm always going to show up 100% for my solo professionals, and uh, I'm going to keep keep working at that uh, to make sure that they are provided with that workplace where they can feel alive and mm -hmm. they can thrive and uh, connect back to their purpose. I love that. When well, a very short time that I have known you, you have um, inspired me and empowered me and you have made my life better and more beautiful so i hope that whatever you do next that you allow others to get those benefits that they can learn from you um be in your midst and i think make their life better and beautiful too oh thank you yasna <laughs> i feel the same way about you my well, life is infinitely better since <laughs> since we met. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and for sharing um, the your wisdom, your love, your heart. Um, and is there anything else that, that we haven't asked would be important to share for your people, uh, for anyone listening? Uh, no, I don't think so. Just, uh, you know, believe in yourselves. You can, you can achieve anything you want. Just put your mind to it and, and don't let doubt bring you down and keep your eyes on the prize and you know uh, <laughs> and just keep do. I yeah. love that that's a beautiful beautiful um, point to, to end on where can people find you follow you learn from you or maybe rent from you oh uh, so solar salons we have 14 locations in the Twin Cities so we're all over the place um, you can find us on Instagram at Sola Twin Cities. So Sola is S-O-L-A, Twin Cities. Um, and yeah, that's the best way best way to reach me. We do respond to DMs. <laughs> I love that. Well, we're going to include um, all of those information um, in the in the 
description of this uh, show. Thank you so much for coming. Folks, I hope that you are as inspired as I am. One of the most beautiful things about doing the show is talking to people like Aaron who I think are the change makers and the light workers in this world. And I don't say that lightly because we often forget that we can run a business and make a living, but we can also make an impact in this world that will be felt for um, for generations to come. So um, make sure that you, you know, follow Erin, that you continue to learn from her. And as always, remember to love one, one another and that you are the one you have been waiting for. Until next time. Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world. Please share with anyone that might find this useful and go ahead to all iTunes stations and please give us a five-star rating. So much love for you all. Please, please, please know that everything can be different. You're worthy. You're good enough. And let's up-level together.